What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Week 4 Picks Show. That's right. We're heading to Week 4. A little bit of a, I don't know if it's an important Sunday night game, but I'm sure we'll get to it. Joining me now to make picks against the spread, to give out our best bets, Pete Prisker and RJ White. What's up, fellas? What's up? RJ's, RJ's had a, coming off a great week. Yeah, that's right. RJ, how you feeling, buddy? Feeling good. Great week here. Great week in the contests. Went uh, nine and one combining the two contests. So Ow. didn't ha- didn't have the guts to put the Chargers on on both of them. So I threw in a loser with the Giants on one. But uh, but everything else was really good. Yeah, RJ went five and one in week three. Packers, Titans, Lions, Browns, Bills, Rams. Teaser is a winner for his best bets. Seahawks are a loser. We have Pete at one and five. No, Tampa two and four. <laughs> oh, oh really? don't do it to me again. And by the way, it should have been four and two. I should have had two overs come in, and they I got screwed on both of them. Well, I went two and seven, so I wouldn't worry about it. I had a yeah, but that's par for the course for you. That's I mean. <laughs> two and seven. Woof. Uh, I'm gonna ease it back. That you know, that's what happens when I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling good. I'm gonna put nine bets in, nine best bets, and you know, sometimes you. you know, sometimes well, I, and here, here's the here's thing issue. about this week. I don't like the card at all, so it's, I'll probably it's, have a good it's week. A tough card. Yeah, I'll probably have a good week. I don't like it. Well, the other thing, too, is, RJ, we talked about this last week some, is all those, there were tons of teaser options last week, and they all came through. And there's also a ton of teaser legs this week, which means. This is the, yeah, this is the week you'd be careful with that. And we were talking about it on Tuesday on the Early Edge live stream that we do on 5 to 6 every Tuesday. Um, I, that was my final word. I'm like, do not tease some of these games. You're going to want to tease the Titans down with the Jets. Jets are going to get their first win out of nowhere. You know, you're going to have these ugly teams that are just like, you're not expecting going to compete in these games because they got to win sometime. So some of these teams are having at least some positives. You know, we'll see. Uh, people are going to be listening to this after the uh, Jacksonville game. Maybe Jacksonville comes out and plays plays well on Thursday night. But it's going to get into the point where these teams aren't going to be trash for, 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 you know, 17, 18 weeks. Um, so you'll get some surprise performances right when you decide, Oh, six and a half, seven, I can tease this down and be pretty safe. You're not going to be. Well, you know, Arizona was the big, you know, we talked about that with Arizona and the Panthers and that, that teaser did come through for everybody, but I mean, come on, Jacksonville. I mean, you're sitting on a two score lead and you, you let that evaporate. Don't even bother to cover it. Pathetic. Uh, yeah. There's, it feels like somebody out there is saying, how does a Titans, Bengals tease or lose and the answer is quite yeah or the Saints yeah against the Giants exactly and you know the answer is quite easily um well maybe not quite easily but yeah you're right one of these teams is going to pop up and do some damage all right so I get overall RJ 12 and 8 Prisco 10 and 9 Brinson 10 and 13 can't lose parlay is now uh it, it loses. It's zero and three. Uh, we one and two in the parlay. We are saving people money, though. I guess by not uh, by not you know, don't if you're betting on each of these individual. I feel like we're whiffing on those. All right. Anyway, let's get to the picture this week, and we start, of course, with I mean the only game you can start with on the schedule, the game of the week of the century of the year of the millennium. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough against bill belichick i don't need to issue a bunch of stats we have a whole different google doc set up for this it is going to be um incredible it's going to be insanely watched i don't know if it's going to be a close game but it's going to be an incredibly watched game and a lot of hype for it but the hype feels justified pete do you think that uh touchdown tommy goes into his old old house and and lights bill belichick on fire can uh, the pats keep it close I didn't love this game, and, and there's a lot of things working against Brady. Back-to-back road games. We know Belichick. Oh, sorry, by the way, the uh, the uh, Bucks are minus seven on the road over under four. Yeah, there's a ton working against them. I mean, like I said, the back-to-back road games. We know Belichick has been great against teams that throw the football all the time and are one-dimensional. I mean, I can go back to the to the Super Bowl against the Bills back in the day when he they weren't one-dimensional, but he decided he was going to dare them uh, to run the ball. So. I think they'll do that here. I think they're going to dare Brady to run the ball, and he won't because that's not who Arians is. And, and that's so I'm a little concerned. But in the end, I think Mac Jones is really struggling. He's holding the ball. The Bucks defense hasn't been as good. So I don't love the game, but I'd probably lean to the Bucks um, it just just because I have to pick it. In Narrativeville, everyone wants to be on the Bucks. Like it just everything. Everybody you hear was on the Bucks. Now it's up to seven. I got the Patriots as a best bet at seven. New England was seven point dogs 
twice at home last year. They didn't cover against Buffalo late in December. Buffalo was at their peak. Um, and then they beat Baltimore in November as seven-point dogs. Before that, the last time they were even six-point dogs at home was 2001. So it's, this is, doesn't come along with, because when you have the best coach of all time on one sideline, you never have a terrible team. you got to rate them as at least an average team with the way they played. The New England defense had a great game against New Orleans, despite the final score, just 252 yards allowed, 4.1 yards allowed per play. I'm not sure Brady's going to come in and just tear up this defense, especially if, like Pete says, they can, they can limit the pass a bit because they, they, they are able to do that. They've shown they could do that in the past. Um, especially with a coach that knows him best, who knows Tom Brady's tendencies better than Bill Belichick. And, and uh, the, it's the motivation factor everybody cites with Brady. Team's going to want to win for Brady in, in New England, beat his old coach, they're going to rah-rah around him. You're not going to find a more motivated defense than this New England defense. They're replaying for paychecks. Because if you make a mistake in this game, um, you know, and you're, you're with the Bel- – Belichick might, you know, give you your walking papers right there. So um, Tampa Bay has been really banged up in the secondary, like Pete was alluding to. Um, they had to bring Richard Sherman off the street. That's going to make things easier for Mac Jones. Um, I know he didn't look great last week, but he had to face that lattimore Roby combination. He's not going to face anything near that uh, with these Bucks cornerbacks here. So at seven, I think Pats are the way to go here. Um, you know, you 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 shouldn't be catching seven at home if you're at least an average team. And I think New England is at least an average team, maybe even a solid team. So give me the Bucks. Give me the Patriots. It, I mean, it, the contrarian play is just to take the Patriots because everyone, the public's going to be all over the Bucs. I mean, and that's not surprising. The Bucs look like the better team. The Pats want to run the football and limit the number of throws Mac Jones has because otherwise you end up in a situation like last week where Mac Jones is your leading rusher and throws the ball 51 times, which is just not a formula for winning for really any team, but certainly a team that wants to you know, pride itself on pounding the rock. My problem is the Bucs are just great at stopping the run. Now you can beat him in the passing game. We saw that the, the Rams did that last week. Matthew Stafford throwing the deep balls to Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup running wide open in that secondary. But I, I just not sure that's the Patriots path to winning. That's, that's the thing I can't get away from now. Maybe new England's defense plays great football and they just are able to run the ball effectively. And, you know, Brady Quinn pointed out earlier in the week on the pod that, you know, they can get, you know, run out, run out to the edges and, just hope you can, you know, generate these getting third and short and be able to convert it and just take these long drives and churn it up and turn it into an under game. Get Tom Brady in third and long and force him to be uncomfortable. And maybe you get the crowd to turn on Brady. I don't even know if the crowd is the crowd gonna be Pats fans or Brady fans. Like, I mean, there's a- I mean, they're gonna be heavy for Pats and they'll, I mean, they might boo Brady. It's not gonna be like, we hate you, but it's gonna be like a competitive thing. You know, they're they're trying to win that game. And I think they they'll probably say we love Tom in general, but he's coming in here as the opponent, as the enemy. Most anticipated gotta... regular season game in history. It's not even among the four four three best games of the week. But, but Pete, oh, let me ask you something about about Mac Jones about Mac Jones's game here. Like he he's not really a dink and dunk quarterback, right? Coming out, you you that's not really where he he shines so this offense they're running is a little bit weird i wonder if it's a little bit of a rope-a-dope like they knew this matchup was coming up so they play a little limited offense really and they might open things up with these receivers they brought in um so i wonder if we're going to see something a little different in this game than we've seen the first three weeks he holds the ball too long mac jones way too long um trying to make plays down all these rookie quarterbacks hold the ball too long yeah they don't but he really holds the ball somehow a giant thunderstorm breaking out of my house out of nowhere. Fun. Oh, no. Don't tell me your internet's going out and we're going to have to do this over again. Uh, sorry, Pete. I'll have to see you later, buddy. I'll have to film, it, uh, film this later. Now, anyway, I'll, I'll take the Bucks here, but I certainly don't have a best bet on it. Just, I mean, it's just going to be a fun game to watch. I'm excited to see how Tom Brady performs and if the, if the Patriots are ready. I, I do think RJ has a point that the Pats, the, the Pats plus seven at home is valued. I just can't talk myself into getting there. So no bet for me. No best bet for me. Raiders at Chargers. On Monday night, and again, you know, Pete points out that the Bucks in, in Tampa Bay isn't one of the four best games of the slate. This one probably is, and there's some really good uh, West, AFC, and NFC maps. Derek Carr playing like an MVP candidate. Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley uh, not really skipping a beat, and they look like a legitimate threat to win that division, so much so that the Chiefs all alone in, in last place, uh, the Chargers. Minus three, over, under 52 and a half. Pete, you're expecting a shootout in los angeles i am I, I you look i know gus bradley has that defense playing much better and max crosby is playing like a madman but i just don't think they're that good on defense and i th- you know i think herbert's going to be able to score a p- ton of points and i also think Carr is playing so well and they're they're driving the ball up the field and hitting the big shots that they'll hit a couple as well so uh my lean i, I think the Chargers will win the game but my 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 best bet is for the over i think it goes uh, over the total of 52 and a half 
that Vegas defense, their strength is the defensive line. They faced it against two really bad offensive lines the last couple of weeks. Now they're up against a much improved Chargers offensive line where Rashawn Slater stepped right in and been a stud at one of the tackle positions, which is what they needed. Um, that Vegas pass offense has been ridiculous so far, but the Chargers defense just held Dallas and Kansas City to no more than 251 pass yards uh, on either team. So um, even with Carr playing out of his mind, uh, Chargers have shown they can they can stop some pretty good quarterbacks and at least limit them. Uh, the Chargers defense has been very stuffed against the run so far, but is the Vegas offense going to take advantage and run the ball a bunch? I'm not really sure that that's their, their game. So my best bet's the Chargers. I just think the matchups are, are really in their favor, even though it's not going to be a great home crowd with the Raiders fans filling up that stadium. But I think the Chargers are just too good, and they'll, they'll win this game by at least three, probably more. Yeah, the only concern with the Chargers is that they like to still appear to not – enjoy closing in one score games although impressive effort against the chiefs for sure you got a little lucky on that fourth and nine with the defensive pass interference call i would take the chargers here as well i, I don't want to be the guy who just keeps fading the raiders and having it blow up in my face but the chargers are a more balanced team the defense that you know the, the analytics don't back the idea that the chargers have been a good defense through the first couple of weeks but i think they are a good defense and will come around and end up playing at a top you know, top half of the league level, maybe top 10 level. And they can start here. You can, you know, look, bracket Darren Waller and make Derek Carr beat you with Henry Jerry Rice rugs. I mean, that's the way to do this. Monday night football. I'll take the Chargers at home um, laying the three, but not a best bet for me either. Cardinals at the Rams. And again, another incredible Western matchup. The Rams minus four and a half at home. Uh, both teams undefeated. This is for first place in the NFC West. Pete. Who, uh, which, uh, which handsome young coach are you backing here, Sean McVay or Cliff Kingsbury? Kingsbury, and he's not a better coach, but I'm backing his team. But he's, but he's better. Uh, I, think, I think last week the Cardinals were looking ahead. I think they were really looking ahead. And on the flip side of that, I think the Rams, and I argue with Brady Quinn about this. I know this is a division game, and you look at it, it's an important game. But that was a statement game last week to, to beat the champs in the national, you know, in the, the number one window. Uh, on uh, last week. So I, I just think that they're going to be a little let down. I think the Cardinals were let down last week and we're looking ahead to this week. So I think Arizona will score. I think the Rams will score. So I think there's going to be a lot of points. So I actually got two best bets in this game. I got Arizona plus the points. And I know the public has moved the line, you know, in that direction, but I like Arizona plus the points because I think it'll be a close game. And I think it's going over. I think it's going to be a fun, high scoring game. It's possible the Rams were going to be inflated coming off that statement win over Tampa, and the market decided they were. It opened at six, dropped to four and a half early in the week. Um, I thought the line was pretty fair at six, so I'm interested in that drop. Uh, so if I was going to lean one way, it'd be the Rams. I think it's going to come down a little more, though, so I'm not looking to play it at four and a half. I think I'll get a better number later in the week, so not a best bet for me. Arizona probably isn't 3-0 and good. I mean, the offense took its sweet time last week, um, the part of that sleepy spot that, uh, that uh, Pete was talking about. And the Rams D isn't as good as it's been, but they did – they do have a great matchup here in Arizona. They've held Arizona under 250 yards in three of the last four, though Murray didn't finish one of those games. But he just doesn't have any success against his defense. And you could say, okay, well, maybe Brandon Staley's gone, and that's not going to apply anymore. But um, you know, he needs to find out the formula in this matchup, and he hasn't been able to do it yet. So um, until he does, I, I lean to the Rams here. I, I wouldn't be looking to play the Cardinals, um, even if I did like you know how they're performing. It'd be a stay away from me. But you get a little bit lower on this line, I'm going to be looking to the Rams. Yeah, and uh, I believe Sean McVay 8-0 against the Cardinals in his career with the Rams. So he has had a dominant performance against them, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or, or you know, anyone else. I will take the Rams as well. Again, not a best bet, but I do I do think that you're going to see Matthew Stafford. I mean, the, the, this Cardinals defense is good, but their strength is getting after, getting after teams in, with a pass rush, and the Rams' offensive line has played very well. Cardinal secondary, a little bit suspect, banged up, doesn't have a ton of talent back there, and I think you'll see Matthew Stafford continue to throw bombs and start to, uh, you know, by the way, Pete, Matthew Stafford basically on Kurt Warner pace. Could win MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and next stop, Ken, baby. Oh, gosh, would you stop with that? <laughs> Actually, no, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll add the Rams as a best bet. Why not? Give me the, no, 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 it's too, no, no, it's too many points. I'm not going to add it yet. I like RJ's idea. Wait till it goes down. Another fantastic game on the slate. If you like narratives, the Chiefs minus seven at the Eagles, over under 54 and a half. Is, is this a Shady McCoy retirement bowl? Do we rename this right now after LaShawn McCoy retired on uh, – on Thursday, he lost his or retirement. Andy Reid owning the other team bowl. He's never lost in this game. 
That is true. It's his second trip back to Philly. He won 26-16 in 2013. But he Chiefs never lost on the other side. He never lost on the other side when he was the Eagles coach either. He's never yeah. lost to the Chiefs. So he's won this game every single time the two teams have met, which is interesting. And and I, look, the Eagles defense was awful the other night. And, and I think you're going to look at it and you're going to see it uh, really play out here. The Chiefs defense isn't very good either. And we saw that last week. Herbert did what he wanted to when he had to. Um, and through four touchdown passes. So I, I think this is going to be a track meet. I think you're going to go up and down the field. I don't love the Eagles' offensive line with the injury issues, but but I do think that there's some uh, issues on the defense of Kansas City that will help offset that. So you'll see a lot of points. I think Mahomes gets on track. If they didn't turn the ball over last week, that game goes over. This one's going over. That's one of my best bets. The Eagles lost another guard this week, you know, the Isaac Samalo. So I think the left tackle is probably going to be back in this game. We'll have to monitor the injury reports and see if that happens. I would lean to the Eagles here. Um, Chiefs giving up a league worst seven yards per play. Part of that's competition, but that D's been really bad. Um, so even though I know that the Philly D looked bad last week, we kind of expected them to look bad. Uh, and and when you play the Chiefs, you kind of, you know, you just make that account that you're going to give up points. It's can you score points and be with them. And the Philly offense has been pretty good. 6.5 yards per play. That's just behind Kansas City's total. So if you told people that the Philly offense was, was having a similar yards per play number to Kansas City, I don't think people would believe you. And a Hurts could have a nice game against the D that gave up 100-plus yards and two rushing touchdowns to Lamar Jackson um, and struggled with his mobility. Uh, so I'm not sure Philly's slowing down Kansas City, even if Graham does play, even if they're fully healthy. Um, so the key here is scoring points, and, and Pete's expecting a barn burner. I expect Philly to hit a few explosive plays against a bad Kansas City defense, as long as the offensive line doesn't completely turn to dust with their injuries. Um, and and I think Philly covers. I'm not going to make it a best bet, but if it does get to seven and a half, I definitely will be putting in as a pick on Sportsline at that point. Yeah, I agree there because if you look at the Chiefs, they are actually giving up a touchdown on 92.3 percent. Of their opponents' red zone possessions. That's, somehow that's only 29th in the NFL. How's that not dead last? They're giving up 24 plus points in five straight games, the longest current streak in the NFL. The Eagles ranked fifth in red zone percentage at 85.7 and are second in the NFL in yards per rush at 5.4, despite only rushing two times uh, with Miles Sanders in their last game. The Chiefs dead last in rush defense DVOA. It makes a lot of sense that you could, like RJ says, with those, with those two playmakers, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. And then, you know, Zach Ertz has been pretty good. Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, he's stealing Dallas Goddard's tight end stats if you drafted him in fantasy, but but it helps the Eagles in real life. I don't think Jalen Hurts is necessarily a refined quarterback by any stretch of the imagination right now, but I do think he can hit some shots down the field, and they should be able to run. And you would expect Nick Sirianni, after last week's dreadful performance, gets you know tries to get back in the lab and, and, and create some stuff that will help the, that run game open up using Jalen Hurts' legs, using Miles Sanders more often. I think the Eagles keep it within this number at home. Um, you know, especially seven and a half agreed that that's when you get on it. And I, I would, I would lean towards you over there as well. Texans at the bills. What a hefty week four number. This is the bills are minus 16 over under 47. We saw Josh Allen, the first two weeks of the season completed 56% of his passes, averaging 224.5 yards per game and a total of three touchdowns. He exploded in week three for five scores, 358 yards and 74% of his passes completed Pete. Which Josh Allen do we get in week four against the mighty Houston Texans? Well, in week one, I don't think they were prepared for the scheme that the Steelers threw at them. That's all that was. In week two, they didn't need to throw the ball around and score. They they scored 35 points without doing much of anything against Miami. So uh, I think the real Josh Allen is more like what we saw last week. I, I went back and watched that tape. He was outstanding. And, and you know, Washington's defense isn't close to being what we thought it would be, but he was fantastic in that game. The Texans, I like Davis Bills. You know that. Why they allow don't allow him to throw the ball around a little bit more than what he did, they put him in bad situations against Carolina. And, you know, Carolina attacks and attacks and attacks. They're a blitz defense. Buffalo will come after him too. But why not let him throw more in first down? So that's maybe they do that this time around. I know it was a short week last week. But I think this Buffalo team is for real. I thought they would be this good. Their defense is better than I thought it would be. And I think Allen's going to light them up. I hate laying big numbers, hate it, but I'm going to do it as one of my best bets because I think this is going to be one of those 31-10 games, something along those lines. 
Pretty incredible you're willing to lay that many points. I mean, Mills should be better with an extended week to prepare. Um, I don't argue that. Buffalo defense has been very good, one of the best in the league, I think, so far. The offense looks back on track. You're right. Allen played his butt off last week. Um, that 43-point total was due to some short fields, too, though. You know, they, they might have scored 43 either way, but you know they did get some short fields there. Um, at 16, I can't play either side. It's just stay away from me. I don't really want to play the total either um, with the Buffalo defense playing well. Otherwise, I'd look to the over a little bit, but, but I, I don't like this thing either way. I'm just going to stay away from it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see how you can play the Bills here. The Bills should blow them out. I think I predicted a score of you know, winning by like twenty-four points. But I mean, you could be up twenty-one points in the fourth quarter, absolutely massacring a team, and you know, so you bring in your backups. It's not close. You know, it's not going to be close. And then Davis Mills throws some garbage time bomb to Brandon Cooks, who is you know, Tre'Davious White's sitting on the sideline. Uh, you just can't. You, I, you can't. You can't lay sixteen. But, but hey, you, you can, Pete. You can do whatever the hell you want. You know, it's your life. But I wouldn't lay 16. That's a lot of points. It is a lot. I hate laying big numbers. But I just think when I look at both teams and watch them, I just can't see them coming within that number. I just don't see it. Colts at Dolphins. The Dolphins minus two. The fighting Jacoby Brissett's who do not know how to throw the ball down the field go up against the uh, double-cross Carson Wentz's over under 42 and a half. This game is going to stink. Even though it's probably on CBS, Carson Wentz since the start of 2023, 11 and 1, 194 pass yards per game, 19 touchdowns, 21 turnovers, most in the NFL, and 58 sacks, also most in the NFL. The Colts have scored a touchdown on kind of an impossible three of 23 goal to go situations. That is uh, obviously worst in the NFL. And by the way, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, you should hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. You'll get our picks earlier. You get them Friday morning. If you listen to the podcast, you get them on Thursday night. If you watch it on YouTube, uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you see us from sharing a, 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 a screenshot on Caesars and the lines have changed, just know that we lock in our lines before we do the podcast on Thursday. And that's what we go with. Of course, some of these will move around, uh, but this one has not moved much. Pete, do you like uh, do you, how do you feel about Jacoby Brissett in the in a in the Jacoby Brissett revenge game? Yeah, it is a revenge game, and and look, he wasn't great last week. He did some things late in the game where he got outside the pocket, ran around, and made some plays. But I, I think the Colts look lifeless. I mean, they're they're playing back to back road games. Their defense hasn't been as good as expected. They don't scare anybody down the field. They have no threats and. And I think Miami's corners are pretty good. I think they're going to be able to lock them up and, and bring down the eighth man and play against the run and slow down Taylor. Um, I, look, I don't think this is going to be a, a pretty game to watch, but I'll take Miami minus the two. I think they're good enough. I think they'll find a way to win the game and cover the number. One of my best bets on Miami. Miami had a somewhat fake 28 points last week. The offense only scored 10 before the final seconds of the fourth quarter, and they get that last-second touchdown to send it into overtime. They had a defensive touchdown earlier. Um, so Indy's D hasn't looked good, but they've had to face Seattle, the Rams, and Tennessee's offenses, so maybe they're better than we think. Um, and Miami just can't go downfield, like you mentioned, Brissett running the show. It limits the expected point total. Indy can't go down the field either. If you can't score on that Tennessee defense, then what are you doing? Um, it tells me it's going to be a plotting game, fewer possessions, fewer points. I'd look to the under here. Um, it's 42 and a half. Uh, it should be in the 40 to 41 range, I think. Um, so I would play that if I, if I'm playing any total this week, probably that, that under is my favorite one, but it'll just be a lean for me right now. I liked it at 43. Um, I put it up, I believe on 43 on sports line. Um, so 42 and a half, I'm not going to put it in as a best bet here, but I still like it. Yeah. I, I think I bet that under at 43 as well. I can't remember if I was tailing you on sports line or, or what it was probably by the way, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code EDGE. You'll get your first month for a buck. you get all of RJ's picks and full breakdowns, plus much, much more DFS analysis. Martin Green soccer picks. Been pretty warm on Champions League as well, so you should check that out. I will make the Dolphins a best bet here. I agree with Pete. The Colts are lifeless. They, they just look like a team that is suddenly realizing they have a decision to make on Carson Wentz. If he plays 75% of the snaps this season, they're going to give up their first-round pick to the – to the um, I just blanked up to the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, and if that's the case, like right now, that would be the third overall pick. So they really have to make a choice: Are we going to try and make a playoff push with Carson Wentz and risk giving up a really good pick, or are we going to sit Carson Wentz, he with the two sprained ankles, get him under that seventy-five percent threshold, and try and play chicken with this? I, I mean, I would be sitting Carson Wentz with the injury, especially after you lost to the Titans. I don't think the Colts can move the ball on the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins can move it on the Colts. Give me Miami minus two as a best bet. The Cleveland Browns 
which I mean, unbelievable. Road favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. Browns minus two over under 51 and a half, Pete. Yeah, I really was impressed with what the Vikings did last week offensively. I, and uh, you know me, I've been a critic of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and, and until we get to a big game, I'm still probably going to have skepticism <laughs> about him. But he's playing outstanding. He was fantastic the other day. Anytime he wanted to complete a pass in a tough situation, he did it. And he got hit, and he stood in there, and he made throws. I, I really was impressed with how he played. Madison ran tough. Uh, when Cook wasn't in there, they were much improved. I, I saw growth from a defense that was bad. I'm going to take the Vikings in a teaser. Um, I'm going to tease them up from my plus two to plus eight and a half as part of a teaser uh, because I think the Vikings, I think they'll win the game. So I, I lean to the Vikings, but if I'm going to get that many points uh, as well, I'll just play them as part of a teaser. I'm kind of in the exact same boat as Pete. I like the Vikings in this spot. I was going to play them as a best bet plus two. I figured, why not make them part of the teaser? So I threw them in my teaser too. The public's going to back the Browns here with them looking much better than Minnesota through three weeks. Minnesota's defense, 31st in yards per play. Very lucky Seattle only scored 17. Don't know what happened in the second half of that game uh, to ruin one of Pete's best bets. Uh, also 28th in yards per rush. You know, good luck to bringing that versus a, a good Browns rushing offense. And that Browns defense was phenomenal last week, but how much of that is Chicago's offense playing Justin Fields and just not being ready to show up with that offense? I do think Cleveland's a better team if you put this on a neutral home field advantage matters in Minnesota it's one of the few places where I definitely am encountering it as three points um so I would look to wait a little bit see if the the public pushes us up a little bit and gets the Browns to two and a half or ideally three even though I don't think it'll get there and then take the Vikings there but as of now they're a great teaser team I'm putting them in as the first leg of my teaser as well um at plus eight I don't need to tease the Vikings here teasing is fine but I'm just going to take the uh I'm just going to take the Vikings straight up. I like the Vikings to win this game. I also like the over in this game at 51 and a half. I think people will be a little surprised at how large that total is because of these two teams. They love to run, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at Minnesota, what they do more than any other team in the NFL is manage to raise the ceiling of the number of plays that their opponents run. And that's because Minnesota wants to be this defense first run heavy team. But in reality, they're just a much better passing team. And Kirk Cousins, ends up having all these passing attempts every single week. I think he's at, it's like 42, 30, 32, 38. The guy's slinging the ball around. They can't stop anybody. They're going to fall for some play-action shots from Cleveland early on, and then they're just going to answer back with a bunch of throws to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I'll take the over here as a best bet at 51.5. I also like, as I mentioned, uh, the Vikings plus two at him. I, I, do, I do like the idea of putting the Vikings in a teaser, though, because that gives you – so should we put the Vikings in one of the we, – we, none of us picked them as the best bet, but we all like them. Should we put them as a par, yeah, one of the teams in the parlay? I was going to say, make them a parlay. I'd be okay making Dolphins a parlay if you two like them. You know, I'm not – I'm kind of agnostic on that that spread, but uh, I'd be okay throwing them in too if you want. Okay. All right. So I, I like it. That's a good call. Dolphins and Dolphins minus two, Vikings plus two as our first two legs of the – going to win sometime parlay. Ravens at Broncos. The Broncos are a – Pick them here at home at undefeated Teddy Bridgewater, having slayed the mighty dragons that are the Jets, Jaguars, and Giants en route to an undefeated record. Now they get to go up against the Baltimore Ravens at home as a, you know, again, it's a pick them over under 45. Pete, do you, do you like your boy, Teddy Bridgewater, to keep the, ra- the role going against Baltimore? I do think they're going to win the game, but I didn't want to play it at that. Um, so I, I, I put them as the second half of my teaser and taken, taken the six. Um, because I, I think it's going to be a field goal game. Look, the Ravens are probably the better football team, but they're not playing very well. We saw that last week against Detroit. Uh, I just think that they they lollygagged through that. Now they're back out on the road again in, the, in, in that city where it's hard to breathe. Uh, I don't think they're a very good team right now. I think they're average. And, and that, so that's why I think Denver will keep, a, keep it close, um, but I'll take the six and put it as the second part of the teaser with the, the Vikings. And if you're going to tease, if you're out there listening, make sure that you're getting the right line. You don't want to tease it if the Broncos are small favorites and go through the zero. You want to, when we locked in our picks, we had this as a pick em game. And so Pete teasing up to six is fine if he wants to do that. Um, ideally, the Ravens would be favorite and then you can tease it up to seven, you know, seven or more. So that would be the better play there. My best bet's the Ravens. Last week was a clear, sleepy spot for them. You know, I, I, that's why I had the Lions as one of my best bets. I thought um, things were going to go Ravens' way because I don't know how you focus after, you know, with the, the win they were coming 
coming off and what they had ahead of them here. Um, could have been a huge offensive day for Baltimore. Um, you know, like Pete was grousing about, few drops. Uh, D, D defense dominated the first half. Denver's looked incredible, but they played maybe the three worst teams in the league. Uh, um, and you can argue uh, the order of that, or maybe you throw, you know, some uh, one of the other one or two teams in there. But they've been uh, pretty pretty fortunate with their schedule so far. And Denver hasn't been tested against a mobile quarterback in a while. It's going to be a culture shock facing Lamar. They typically don't have to face these mobile guys like Lamar and Murray. Um, so we really don't know how good Denver is. Opening line said they were very good. The markets bet, bet it down to the Ravens if it's, a, you know, went off in a, as a pick them uh, for our picks. Um, so I still think there's nice value. I think the Ravens should be favored by a couple points. Um, so I'm going to fade the Broncos in, in the, with the idea that maybe they're not as good as they've looked playing against the three worst teams in the league. I actually forgot Pete and I are somehow texting while we're talking on this podcast. So Pete wonders why I'm distracted sometimes because he's blowing me up on the text. Uh, the, 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 I'll take, I didn't include it originally, but I want to have the Ravens as one of my best bets as well. Um, Pete's got the Broncos as part of a teaser, so I'm guessing that won't round out the parlay. I, but I just think Baltimore is a different level of competition than what than what the Broncos have faced so far this year. And I agree with RJ. I think the market is off. No, wait, 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 wait. So you have the Ravens as a best bet now? Yes. Why don't you put these picks in before the show? You're just adding stuff after you listen to RJ and let him do your work for you? No, I mean, I, I mean I'll show you a bet slip I have on the Ravens from earlier in the week if you want. No, but no, I, mean, I don't care about that. It's that you don't have it on the – I don't see your best bet. Yeah, I won't add the Ravens as a best bet if you don't want me to. If you're going to be – Oh, go ahead. Add it. Add man it. About but, it. But, but, but it's, add it's it, little, but you should add it before. Before the show, a little bit generous to say that uh, he's doing it after listening to me talk when you guys were back there texting and neither one of you. Yeah, yeah, to you're talk, like so. we're laughing. No, no, we were listening. I was listening, but I, I just think Brinton's <laughs> Brinton's method to his madness is. Uh, did you add some best bets after the show? Did you add best bets after the show last week? No, 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 no. two and seven. What are you accusing me of cheating? No, not cheating. They were losers, but I didn't remember you picking all those games last week. No, I mean, we, at, the end, at the end of the show, I was like, man, I got nine games. What could go wrong here? That's right. That's right. Well, a lot went um, wrong. I, I just DM'd RJ. I mean, I DM'd uh, Debo while Pete was talking and said, I want to add the Ravens as the best bet. I okay. thought it said it. You got it. Don't worry about it. You got it. I'm just messing right. with you. Well, thanks, Pete. That was very nice of you. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, more NFC West drama occurring in San Francisco. The Seahawks at the 49ers, a huge game for the NFC West after the eggs that the Seahawks have laid the last two weeks. The 49ers minus two and a half over under 52, Pete. Do, do, uh, is this a game that we finally see Trey Lance take over for Jimmy Garoppolo or do the 49ers roll here? You know, I, this one was a tough one for me because I know how desperate teams like Seattle usually show up in these situations. Um, and I'm a big believer in, in the way Wilson can play and, and really light up a defense. But I, I don't know. There's something so bad about that defense in Seattle. There are guys open on every single play. They don't cover anybody. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not the greatest in the world to throw in the football, though he was good in the fourth quarter the other night. Um, so for that reason, I would probably lean to the Niners but I don't love it in any way, shape, or form. I could see Pete Carroll coming in there and getting that team ready to play. So, But I'll take the Niners minus the two and a half. Not a best bet, but that's where my lean would be. It looks like it wants to tip to three. It's minus 120 on the Niners now, so we'll probably get three at some point. In that sense, I, I would like the Seahawks. I don't think you give them three points in this matchup, which should be close. Um, Seattle averaged 7.5 yards per play last week. It's weird. They only scored 17 points against the Vikings. You'd figure they'd score a lot more um, with that number. And that San Fran offense looked pretty bad in the first half against Green Bay. They got a long kick return, sparked them, then their offense got going. They'll be better here against what's been a bad defense, like Pete was saying. Uh, Seattle defense has been routed by two good, but probably not great offenses in a row. So I am worried about them. But the last time San Francisco beat Seattle by even seven points was 2012 in Russell Wilson's first game against them, where he's terrible. He had nine completions. Um, so this is a matchup where Seahawks aren't getting beat by a bunch off. And that's why Seahawks plus eight and a half is the second leg of my teaser with the Vikings. Um, I just can't see them getting routed by, by San Francisco, considering their history in this matchup. Yeah, it, it is hard to imagine just a complete blowout. But, man, the Seahawks' defense is bad. I mean, it's just not good. And you can run on them. They've been gashed by the run. And the 49ers are a good run team. 
Trey Sermon, not the start I was hoping for, admittedly, uh, to the season for my Trey Sermon futures, but he's sort of the last man left standing, although Elijah Mitchell, I suppose, could come back this week. Sermon was a little tentative, I thought, against the Packers, but the Packers' defense was really swarming, and they got in that hole and sort of had to change the offense. I feel like in this game, you can see San Francisco come out really lean into that Seattle front and try to run the ball aggressively. I think, you know, hopefully Sermon has a better practice week and he comes out, you know, starts to be more aggressive with the cuts, finds those holes, and then you can work off the play action there. Brandon Ayuk looks like he's, you know, he's either out of the doghouse or he's completely healthy now because he was up to 86% of the snaps against the uh, Packers. And of course, Devo Samuel playing some outstanding football. George Kittle got finally got unlocked last weekend too. I think San Francisco has a big game here offensively. I don't know that it'll be a blowout, but I'll take the 49ers minus two and a half as a pick, not a best bet. Steelers at the Packers. Packers minus six and a half. After an embarrassing week one, they shook off the cobwebs very quickly and have looked fantastic on offense the last two weeks. Very good on defense the first half against San Francisco last week. The Steelers are reeling right now. Big Ben looks completely washed. I mean, completely washed. And this, they're hemorrhaging injuries on the defensive line, which is the really only strength, which is why they're six and a half point dogs in Lambeau Field over at a 45 and a half, Pete. Which, uh, which old ass quarterback are you back in here? Well, I'd back the one that can actually still play, and that would be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, and by the way, you, I see what's coming up here, but I'll tell you in a second. But I, I really like what I saw from the Packers last week in the first, they dominated that game. I mean, on both sides of the ball, they were outstanding. And it was a banged up, you know, backup left, third left tackle. And he held his own against Bosa. And I, I just was impressed with how they played. I think they'll win this game. And the Steelers, I just got done watching the Steelers-Bengals game on tape. Mm. They were putrid. I mean, mm. with a capital P across the board, everywhere. And so I just don't think that's a good football team. My only fear of not making a Packers the best bet is – Tomlin can somehow rally a team to hang around, even if they're not good. But my lean would be that I would take the Packers. I didn't make them a best bet, but I would definitely would take the Packers in this game. I'm not that worried about Tomlin. I make Packers the best bet. Packers offense looks back on track the last two weeks. That defense had a great first half against San Francisco, like I mentioned earlier, before falling apart. And I am not worried about them falling apart against a lifeless Pittsburgh offense. Looks like one of the worst in the league. Can't throw the ball downfield. Can't run the ball. Um, the Pittsburgh D might be better if Watt can return, but are they really going to shut down Rodgers at Lambeau Field? I doubt it. Um, so I'm not really worried about Packers not scoring 20 points, which they do in every game at Lambeau. Um, you can count, just put start with 20 and then see how much, where they go from there. And I don't know that Pittsburgh is going to get to 13 without they're playing on offense. So best bet for me, um, unless Pittsburgh offense is hiding some upside, I can't see them covering here. I mean, this was the line for Steelers at Bills in week one. It was Bills minus six and a half. Steelers won that game, prepped all offseason for it. Um, had a great defensive plan. But haven't we adjusted them down significantly at this point after seeing this offense? Um, and I know the Packers aren't aren't at the Bills level, but I think they're they're definitely closer to the Bills than the Steelers are to what we thought they were before the season. So um, this line just looks looks bad to me. It should be up over seven, I think. So I think it's a best bet. Yeah, I've, I've got Packers as a best bet too. The Green Bay is good and Pittsburgh is bad. And I'm with you. The, the Mike Tomlin thing is really interesting. The question is, would, would he consider benching Big Ben, Pete? For I mean, who? Is, is, there, is it possible For who? that – I mean, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, where you say, all right, we got to figure out what we've got? No. They know, they know what they got the, in those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they got, got nothing, them. right? Well, what do they know what they got with Ben, too? Well, they got to wash still, the ball. No, you let them play it out, and then if it's that bad, then maybe down the road. No. Okay. Do they ask? Do they go to Ben Roethlisberger and ask him to fake an injury so that way they have an excuse to to put him on the bench without humiliating him? Look, it's not just him. No I mean, without without Deontay Johnson, they don't talk about a team that doesn't scare you with the ability to get down the field. They have no the, the speed isn't great. The offensive line isn't good. They would they throw the ball nineteen times to, to Najee Harris last week? Najee Harris 19. had hundred two receiving yards and hundred and nine yards after the catch. Think but about 19 that. Nineteen times. Nineteen. I think no, it was nineteen targets. He had That's more ridiculous. yards after the catch than he had receiving yards. That means That's all ridiculous. of his catches. He had nineteen targets and fourteen catches. Yes. That's ridiculous. It's obscene. I know. Um, I know you hate uh, drafting running backs in the first round, Pete, but. I mean, if you're going to make them wide receivers, I think it's it's fine if you right. drafted a receiver at the end of the first round. Right. The Steelers did what, the Steelers did what uh, Urban Meyer was trying to do with Travis Etienne with Najee Harris, turned him into a receiver. By the way, um, it, it, I'm sure RJ has. Pete, you probably haven't ever seen South Park the movie. 
No. So you know, there's a scene where the the, the there's a, it's basically it turns into a war between the Canadians, Canada, and America, and uh, and they somebody ends up writing a song called "Blame Canada," and then we need to get that drop for every Steelers <laughs> game moving forward because Ben is going to start to blame Matt Canada for all the problems. Well, you can you can see why too. They're not creative at all on offense. It's, no, he it's, just runs guys back and forth. It's like, no, we use tons of motion, bro. Don't worry it's about Dudsville. it. Dudsville. Yeah, it is, and the offensive line's bad. So uh, why don't we make the Packers the third leg of the parlay? Good. I'm in. Yes, definitely. Right. What were you saying, Pete? You said you see where this is going. Was that what you meant? That this will be the third leg of the parlay, or what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to give away. I didn't. I want you guys to sell your own best bets. That's why I didn't give it away. I just think Green Bay is going to roll them, and Green Bay knows that this is a a, yet another just a statement game. Uh, Panthers at Cowboys. Cowboys minus four and a half over under fifty and a half. Uh, apparently, in my picks column for today, I predicted the score of 35-17. I got a text from somebody at the Panthers that said, are you, are you on drugs? Uh, I, may, I think I meant to be 35-27 because I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 50-and-a-half. Pete, do you think that Dak Prescott is in MVP consideration and can Sam Darnold answer whatever Dak does without Christian McCaffrey out there? Uh, he is in the MVP uh, conversation. Um, I think the Cowboys – uh, looked really good on offense Monday night. I think this Carolina defense has been outstanding, but they played a rookie quarterback in week one. They played a rookie quarterback and both making their first starts in week three. Uh, and then they just, the Saints had no answer for what they did in terms of their blitz in week two. So I think the Cowboys are going to be prepared for everything they throw at them. I think the Cowboys are going to score points in this game. I agree with you. I think there's going to be points scored. I, I am a little concerned about Darnold without McCaffrey. They looked like a different offense when he went out of the game, and I think the changes the dynamic of how you defend them. So I, I would take the Cowboys in the game um, because I just think that the, the, this Carolina team, we don't know what they really are right now. I feel like I've been Will Brinson pushing pushing the Panthers the last the first few weeks of the season. Been all over that train. I thought they were great value most weeks. I was ready to be all over them here. Um, you know, there's a huge rest advantage here with them playing Thursday and Cowboys playing mm-hmm. Monday. So, so it's the kind of thing where you're looking for for that kind of edge. But the McCaffrey and the J.C. Horn injuries are brutal. It makes me project this line as a little light. I think it should be Cowboys by a little more. Um, Carolina's Ds look fantastic, but yeah, this is a real test against the Dallas offense that has both the pass and run working more so than what they've they've uh, had in, in the first three weeks. Can't count on Henderson coming in. So how do they match up with these weapons? Um, you know, in 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 this uh, spot here, Dallas defense has been better than expected. They're great at generating turnovers, um, and they've been you know getting after the quarterback. I don't know if they're gonna uh, make Darnold see some ghost in this game just because that uh, that pass rush has been pretty fierce. Um, Darnold's gonna have to consistently move the ball and avoid mistakes. He can't lean on McCaffrey now, and I'm not sure that he's gonna be able to do that. So see if you can find a minus four before you hop on Dallas. The line seems like with Cal- Carolina success is gonna keep coming down. I like Dallas to win by at least a touchdown here. So I'm making it a best bet i like the cowboys here as well as i mentioned uh, i think 35 17 is probably a bigger gap than i expected that i would write down maybe that's just the the late wednesday night error making that sometimes occurs when you have to write 2800 words on all the on all the games in there i do like the over as a best bet here though because as dallas's defense is definitely better they look like they might be somewhere in the average-ish range According to DVOA, they're 15th. And man, I tell you what, the way that offense has looked and how Kellen Moore has operated it, and if this defense is indeed average, then the Cowboys are going to be, are going to win the NFC East by several games and are going to be a legitimate factor in the playoffs. I mean, was just wrong on it. I didn't think that they'd be able to take that step forward. Definitely when Demarcus Lawrence got hurt, didn't think it would happen. We'll see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. But Dan Quinn doing a good job with the defense there and. Offense, Mike McCarthy has given Kellen Moore more of a hand in it, as he should, and Kellen Moore is, is doing great things. Dak Prescott looks locked in, and he's playing some awesome football. I hope we see it all year long from him. He got the money he deserves, and now he can chase. He might not even win comeback player of the year because he might win MVP. Like That's not out of the question. I saved Arnold might win comeback player of the year. I will take the over here, but I would lean towards the Cowboys covering as as well. Pete, if you – as a, I, I'm curious about this. As a voter – for the AP awards. Let's say Dak Prescott is the clear cut MVP guy and he's your, he, or he's, he's your choice for MVP. Would you then write him in as comeback player of the year as well? Or would you give that to someone else because Dak was getting your MVP vote? No, he'd get both. Okay. So you'd be willing to do both. Yeah. Even if yeah. like Burrow was awesome and Darnold was awesome. Yeah. I'd still give it to Dak. Okay. 
That's interesting. That's good to know. I mean, his ankle was, minus two fifty to win comeback player of the year. His, ac- his ankle was mangled. Mangled is 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 being light. With yeah, him. shattered. Titans minus seven at the Jets over under forty four. As we mentioned before, this is a stanky stanky game where you got to be careful. The Jets are going to do something at some point. By the way, Derrick Henry, talk about strange plot twist. Currently, is tied for the lead with the ti- with receptions on the Titans. Derrick Henry. They're actually Christian involving McCaffrey. him. In the, what's that? He's Christian McCaffrey. He's Derek yeah, he's Henry, Henry McCaffrey. Did you see him lined up outside right. running? Yeah, they split it outside wide. He caught a pass last week. It was amazing. That's awesome. I love it. Um, look, good for good for Henry's fantasy owners who got him at a discount this year because people thought he hit his ceiling. Clearly, wasn't the case. Do you think the Titans can just go in there and steamroll the Jets, or will uh, or Zach Wilson finally put up a fight against somebody, Pete? I'm not taking the Jets. Uh, I just uh, I watched that game again. Ooh, we they're bad. I mean, it was bad. Now the Titans' defense still has concerns, but that offense is so bad that I don't think it's going to help them. Um, I don't think this is going to like you. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. But I would lean to the Titans minus the seven. I'm not taking the Jets until they can prove that they can do anything more than what they've done so far on offense. I mean, they are so limited on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is going to be one of those games where Henry gets it, gets it, gets it, and gets it some more, particularly with the wide receiver injuries. Yeah, the, the lights are blinking here to take the Jets. Just one team since 2003 has scored fewer points than the Jets 20 through three games, 2019 Dolphins. Um, underlying numbers have not have been bad, but they haven't been atrocious. They're 30th in yards per play, for example, but they're not like, you know, the Bears are like away behind the league in yards per play on offense. So um, the Jets offense just hasn't been as as bad as, you know, what what the, the product kind of looks on the scoreboard. Tennessee defense finally had a good game. It was against a hobbled Wentz at home. I don't know if that's replicable, Um, you know, week in and week out. Jets have had respectable run defenses despite being down big in every game, so maybe they can limit Henry a bit. And um, with the Titans' injuries at receiver, um, Brown probably going to be out. Um, Julio Jones hasn't uh, practiced at the beginning of the week. Um, I think he'll probably play, but um, they don't have depth at receiver behind that. You know, they're getting Westbrook, Akini, and and these Rodgers and these other guys are getting the the looks. They haven't built their depth very well. So I think the Jets is really the only way to look here if you want to play it. You want it to get more than a touchdown. You want to get back up to seven and a half. And good luck if you're willing to play them I, I probably don't have the courage to throw the jets in for for anything really um i'm not i'm not putting him in my contest i'm not doing anything i like p i need to see something before i can trust him but i think that's where the value is and that's the way you're looking if you do want to play this game i will take the under here as a best bet it is a low number 44 and a half actually I lost half a point by the time that it moved but whatever this is a, a titans team that can score quick you know can score quickly if they're at full strength, but Julio Jones and AJ Brown are both banged up. And if you're going to this game without those two guys, you're really lacking some explosiveness in terms of your offense. And you, and like Pete said, it's going to be Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, and more Derrick Henry. The jets have to know that. I think they will be aggressive in stacking the box. Maybe that leads to Ryan Tannehill beating them over the top with some play action stuff, but I think the Titans will be perfectly content to play ball control. And you know, they just, they just took care of business against the Colts. Sort of, a, you know, probably a letdown spot here for them because of that as well. But they do know that if they can go in and get a win, you know, you don't have to go and get style points. Just go in and get a win against the Jets and move on. And you keep stacking these wins early in the season. You can potentially run away, especially if the Dolphins take care of the Colts. You can run away with this division. There's just not a lot of talent behind them. And the Titans are like minus 500 at this point to win it. They should go in and take care of business. But yes, I would worry about the Jets covering here. I'll take the under, though. I don't think we'll see a lot of scoring. WFT at the Falcons. WFT, the fighting football teams, minus one and a half at Atlanta, over under 48, Pete. I think at some point that defense is going to show up. I really do. Um, I think the front will be able to show up. Yeah, they have been bad. And and I I mean, Chase Young, zero. Remember all the talk, him and Sweat were going to break the sack record. They got a total of two between them, and he doesn't have any. Um, so, uh, but I think they're going to get it going here. This is not a great Falcons offensive line, uh, which is why I would take Washington in this game. I don't love it, but I would take Washington if I had to pick the game. Yeah. Washington defense, you expect them to, uh, to show up at some point. 
And I agree, the Atlanta offensive line isn't good, but you would have said that about the Giants offensive line in week two when they didn't show up in that game. A lot of people would have said that about the Buffalo offensive line, having been great pass protection, didn't show up in that game. So at some point, you just got to stop expecting it. I mean, they're even in the yards per play allowed with the Falcons. The Falcons have a terrible defense. So at some point, we just have to paint Washington as terrible. And Heineke had just 139 passing yards in, in the last week. If you take out that long Gibson catch and run, which wasn't a massive play by Heineke, it was a little dump off on a screen that, that got taken to the house. So the offense isn't playing well either. The defense isn't playing well. How do you make a team like that favorites on the road? I'm not sure. So um, I waffle between making a Atlanta a best bet or just a lean because, you know, they could put up an egg and be look, look like the worst team in the league on every any given week. Um, so I'm not interested in putting them in a best bet here. Um, but I just think this line doesn't make sense. Typically want to fade bad teams like Atlanta coming off a win because the line gives them too much credit. But th- as I said, Washington's a bad team favorite on the road. I don't think Atlanta's getting any credit for that win last week. Um, so my lean is to Atlanta. If it inflates at all, I probably would look to play Atlanta. I've got the Falcons as a best bet. It's just a sort of like a spot play here. I, I, I Falcons look like trash, man. I mean, Arthur Smith, his offense, like, what are we doing? You, you know, you got to feed, feed Pitts and Ridley, get some blocking up front. You got all these high picks invested in that offensive line. You can't get it going. I mean, Washington hasn't played well enough to be a, a favorite on the road. Give me the Falcons as a dog at home. It feels like a, you know, I think, I, I could see myself playing a, a money line parlay with Vikings, Vikings, Falcons, and there's going to be another dog at home. I can't find one. I was going to say the Ravens is a pick, uh, but worth noting that as we're recording this, uh, Lamar Jackson is not practicing for the second straight day with a back issue. Um, if for any reason Lamar Jackson doesn't play, suffice to say, RJ and I, we'll be rescinding our best bets of Ravens at the pick, right? That's fair, right, Pete? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about betting the picks that we're playing here and you think RJ – I'm not rescind- – if he's not playing, I'm not rescinding my 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 teaser bet, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if you're, taking the, if you're taking the Broncos and Lamar's banged up, you get your Broncos bet in now. But if you're taking the Ravens and Lamar isn't practicing for a second straight day with a back injury, you know, I think you hold off on putting that in, right, RJ? Yeah, and um, we're not getting great value on our pick them anyway. I, I put it in just because that's the line that uh, when I project my power ratings and project the lines, that's the one that's the most off to me even still. Um, but but y- if you're doing that, they should be getting points if you're playing it anyway. So make sure they're getting points and, of course, make sure Lamar's healthy. Yeah, so it just I just wanted everybody to know that because I noticed that alert came across as we were recording. Two games left. The Giants at the Saints. Saints minus seven and a half over under 42. These are not your uh, your older brother Saints. They don't score a lot of points. They play good defense. And the James Winston experience, frankly, has been exactly what we expect. One, did, one week he's throwing five touchdowns with no passing yards. The next he's throwing back-breaking interceptions. And then in the third week, it's sort of like the like the the three little bears, right? You know, it's one's too one's too hot, one's too cold, one actually never mind. He we haven't found just right. He's bent over backwards, lobbing the ball sky high, and somehow his receivers are coming down with it. Can he find some semblance of uh, stability here, Pete, against a questionable Giants defense? Do you like the Saints in their home opener? Yeah, this is a tough one because I think there's you know no Armstead now at left tackle. That's they got so many players down, uh, but also the motion of being back home after three weeks on the road. I think they've been looking to get back to the dome. So I had a tough time with this. I would probably lean to the Saints. I don't love it, um, but I would take the Saints minus the seven and a half. I would lean to the Giants. The Saints continue the Jekyll and Hyde season. They looked excellent in a road win last week. Giants looked awful against a bad team. Combo of those two things, that's line inflated to me, and it was it was eight earlier in the week, and I think the market kind of sniffed that out, and it's starting to come down. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes off at seven. Um, often the New Orleans offense still didn't look great in a win. I mean, the passing game has been pretty bad overall with Jameis. You say this is kind of what we expect from Jameis. I expected him to be at least throw the ball downfield with, with his history. Um, and they're just not putting up passing yards at all. You know, I don't know what happened to that uh, Callaway uh, Jameis connection we saw in the preseason, but it's not happening at this point. So um, it is good that they're returning home. You think that's a net positive? I think it's also a week of distractions for New Orleans. They're finally getting back home after a month. They got to put their affairs in order. They got to do more than practice for this game because they're finally coming back home after a month on the road and the giants i'm not going to argue that they're a good team they're obviously not a good team 
but they lost their last two games at the buzzer at literally zero seconds. So, I mean, they're, they're not far off from being two and one, despite being bad. Um, the total sunk to 42, the market expects a lower scoring game that favors a big dog like the Giants. So seems like there's value going against the Saints uh, with them being around an average team would be stronger on the Giants if they weren't also dealing with some of the injuries like the Saints were that you mentioned. So um, I'm, I'm going to lean to the Giants and depending on how the injuries look later in the week, I might be on the Giants as well. I don't want to bet this game either. I would lean towards the Giants as well. Low total, getting seven and a half. You figure they keep it kind of close. And again, the Saints offense, not going to be high powered, not going to be throwing the ball down the field. Alvin Kamara should have a field day here, but I would expect him to chew up clock and Sean Payton to glare at Jameis Winston if he makes any boneheaded mistakes in this one. Like RJ had leaned towards the Giants. Lions at Bears, the final game. Lions and Bears, oh my, oh my. Bears minus three at home, over under 42. The Justin Fields experience last week. Quite a disaster, Pete. Matt Nagy had no game plan whatsoever. There'll be a little bit less resistance here in the form of the Lions. But, man, Dan Campbell said this team playing hard through three weeks of the season, and they just got their backs broken, souls crushed by Justin Tucker last week. Do you think that'll affect them, or they will they bounce back and, and bite some kneecaps here? No, I think they're going to play hard, but uh, but I, I just think the Bears' defense is the better better unit on the field of all of them. And, and so I think they'll find a way to win the game. You know, Justin Fields wasn't very good either. I mean, the plan wasn't good, but he wasn't good. And the, and the third play of the game, he had a shot in the middle of the field would have been a you know, long touchdown. He didn't take it. Uh, he passed up a co- another couple of shots and then he took a bunch of shots. So uh, the plan wasn't good. He wasn't good. The line was atrocious. Uh, and I think the bears defense is the best unit in the game. So for that reason, I'll lay the three. I don't love it, but I will lay the three. Last year, the Jets had the lowest yards per play number on offense at 4.7. Chicago's currently at 3.3. They're like, you know, 60, 50% worse or whatever it is. Um, Chicago's passing yards by game, 188, 83, and then one last week. They had one net passing yard. They should be 0-3, if not for kind of a fake win against Cincinnati. That that involved three back-to-back-to-back interceptions, and they didn't really play well aside from those three plays. Um, Detroit's been competitive for stretches of each of their games, like you kind of alluded to. Should have won last week. They're going to be a very popular dog this week. There will be a lineup to take Detroit. That makes me kind of nervous there that uh, that – the, uh, the the books will kind of want you to take Detroit, and they're putting it at three. They're going to get it under three, and the Bears are probably the way to play here. My power ratings say the Bears should actually be three and a half, um, but I'm probably still too high in Chicago and, and think there's some untapped potential there. Detroit D is one that Chicago should be able to have some success against on offense, no matter uh, you know the quarterback that plays in this game. Um, I do like the total better than the side, considering how public Detroit's going to be. Um, I, and counterintuitively, I kind of like it over. Um, I think the Lions can score points, and against the Lions' defense, I think the Bears will finally get something together and, and look at least decently on offense. So 42 yeah. is a very low number because you expect how bad Chicago's playing. Nobody's going to want to play it over, but that'd be the way I look. Yeah, and the Lions are aggressively pass-heavy when trailing, and they've been trailing a ton this season. So if you get a, if you get you know 10 or 14 points from Chicago early with some shot plays to Darnell Mooney, et cetera, then all of a sudden Jared Goff is just – Dinkin and Duncan to DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. I, I, I would like to look at their uh, DeAndre Swift over receptions and over receiving yards is a weekly good bet in, in terms of the prop market until it gets just outrageously out of control. No best bet for me here. I was leaning towards the Lions. Oh, here we go. Let's look at some fan feedback real quick. Uh, I'll probably pick the Lions, but that public stuff does scare me. Alex Arthur says, new subscriber, you all, but especially RJ, help me win a five-leg parlay on the spread. Boom. Appreciate you guys' insight. I'll be watching all episodes moving forward. Triple fire emojis. We're actually going to, Pete, um, we're going to have you read uh, 40 or 50 YouTube comments really quick. You got time for that? Uh, no. <laughs> read the next comment because I know Pete's going to be in love with that next comment. Oh, hey, Pete, what's this one say from Bill Buckminster? I can't see it. Go ahead, read it. It says, this podcast is awesome. Make it three hours next week. Uh, no. <laughs> so pete uh we actually need you to do three three-hour podcasts next week on this on the, for the pick six is that cool uh if somebody stays on for three hours for any podcast they need to get a life if somebody listens to a three-hour podcast yes you Didn't listen you to, to a three-hour three podcast show? what did you used to have a three-hour radio show but that's different is it there's com- it's not three hours there's commercials there's it's really when you when you go through a three-hour radio show it probably ends up being, you know, about what thirty minutes of talk time during the hour or something. You think and radio so? shows, That's... radio shows, you're not tuning in at the beginning to the end. You're not like staying for the whole episode. You're tuning in when you're in your car, and right, and you know when when you have it on podcast, you put on, and uh, you're probably listening to the end. No, well, and you're not listening to three hours. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get these best bets banged out so we can get this thing done in 
right around an hour. Not including well, no, minutes. it was an hour, but uh, we're we're an hour and t- twenty-two <laughs> minutes, counting your not being ready to go at the top of the hour. I did not. I'll be honest. When I made fun <laughs> of you before the when we were texting about your tech difficulties, I did not anticipate me being the one to have technical. Hope you had a good day at the golf course, Brinson. <laughs> I did not. I, I played golf all yesterday and kind of tweaked my back, so I didn't play today. Uh, Pete's best. I played that crap too. Pete's best bets: Chiefs, Eagles over fifty-four and a half, Cardinals plus four and a half, and the Arizona Rams over fifty-five. It's a big numbers there, Pete. Dolphins minus two, Bills minus sixteen, Raiders, Chargers over fifty-two and a half, and a teaser with making the Broncos up to six and the Vikings up to eight. RJ's best bets: Dallas minus four and a half, Baltimore as a pick, Green Bay minus six and a half. New England plus seven, the Chargers minus three, and a uh, tease, Seattle plus eight and a half, and Minnesota plus eight. My best bets, Dolphins minus two, Falcons plus one and a half, putrid, Packers minus six and a half, the Ravens is a pick and again, with the Ravens, wait on the Lamar Jackson news, this is not going to fly to like Ravens minus three, but you need to make sure Lamar is playing. Friday afternoon's a good time to check on that. Vikings over 51 and a half. Panthers over 50 and a half. Made fun of Pete for having huge numbers, and I got them here too. And the Titans under 44. Also, the can't lose parlay. Dolphins minus two. Vikings plus two. Packers minus six and a half. That's it for the best bets. That's great. That show. one's hitting this week. The parlay's hitting this week. Take this back. We're we're no due. doubt. No doubt about it. Lock it up. All right, for Pete and RJ, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Yeah.